when you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one too. <laughs> and that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. All your ice-cold go-to drinks are here whenever that mood hits. From classic Coca-Cola to a sparkling Sprite to a sweet, sweet tea. Get any size for just $1.39, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. You are listening to the Sideline SAS Podcast, Episode 51, College Gridiron Showcase, Part 4. In this final episode of the CGS series, I talk with three more players about the event. First, I chat with Ball State running back Caleb Huntley about his beast of a career with the Cardinals, his team winning a MAC championship, and what he believes he can bring to an NFL team. Later, I'm joined by Huntley's teammate, Ball State wide receiver Antoine Davis, who talks about his unique football journey, playing in the MAC, and lifting weights with Caleb Huntley. Finally, I close out the episode with Florida International defensive lineman Noah Curtis, who talks about the best QB he faced, hint, it's a Conference USA guy, the music he blasts before games, and who he models his nasty play after. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline SAS podcast, a proud member of the Brawl Podcast Network. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you found me. The Sideline SAS podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom and prefer a wholesome connection, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesass.com with three S's for more sports content. Feel free to follow the SAS on my personal account at MLNEM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't catch all that, no worries. All of those links and handles can be found in the show notes. And I'm excited to announce the addition of Sideline SAS merchandise to the brand. If you want your very own Sideline SAS dad hat, head over to the Brawl Network website and get your very own. But uh, for now, let's uh, go talk to some people. Okay, Sideline SAS listeners, I am joined now on the podcast by a running back that is coming to the College Gridiron Showcase next week. His name is Caleb Huntley. He went to Ball State, and he is a beast of a back. Welcome to the podcast, Caleb. Thank you for having me. Of course, we're we're excited. I think you were the first running back now that I've had on. I've had some tight ends, I've had fullbacks, I've had a couple of quarterbacks, but you are the first running back to come on. So, and what a running back you are! What an incredible, you know, couple of years at Ball State, especially this last season. What is one of your favorite memories that you're taking away from your time at Ball State? Um, favorite memories. Yeah. Winning um, the West Divisional Championship, just seeing how excited everybody was to finally, you know, cross over that hurdle, you know, losing all those games. We was just, we was just happy and 
full of joy. That's awesome. Always a good time to win games like that. Walk me through a little bit of your football journey in high school and and how you ended up at Ball State. You know, it's a smaller school, but a really good football program, especially in recent years and probably in large part thanks to you. But did you always know you wanted to go there or or how did that work out, you ending up there? Honestly, uh, through the recruitment process, when uh, Ball State offered me, Mm -hmm. I really didn't even know what Ball State was. (laughs) I I haven't heard of it because, like, Georgia people are not too familiar with that team. Okay. So like at first I would say I would sleep on them mm-hmm. and what like they people who love them. So I read up about them like on Google. But um just like the process happened with uh my grades being kinda low. Mm-hmm. So other school they were just like dropping me left and right and then Ball State just stuck out to me because they they were like um, even though your grades are not the best, we're gonna we're gonna stick it out with you and make sure that you qualify. And that's exactly what they did. And they held they held their, I mean they held their uh, they held that end of the stick. So yeah, I ended up going to Ball State, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And clearly, I mean you you've made it onto several of the school's all time record lists. You know touchdowns. A thousand yard seasons, just so many accolades and and things that you've racked up while you're there. Did you ever see yourself coming out later with all of this experience and all of these great numbers? You know, heading on to your next journey, possibly the NFL, when you started at Ball State, or how did you see yourself develop as a player while you were there? You know, you you really never know like what you're capable <laughs> of. Like, I always had a dream of you know uh, making it to college and get into the NFL mm-hmm. or getting a chance to go to the NFL. So, like, I will say it wasn't really surprising for me because I put in the work since I was a little boy. And it's just, it's just, like, it's shocking now because it's like, man, this is really what it feels like. <laughs> it is. You are on the precipice of a next level, and some team is going to be very lucky when they pick you up. And looking at these, you know, draft things that are coming out, there, you know, everyone likes to evaluate players and, and point out different things, but – one thing that stands, well, two things that stand out about you that people talk about is not only that you're, you know, a tough guy to bring down, you're very, very strong and you're hard to for defend, defensive players to bring down, but you're also very intelligent. You're able to wait for the right running lanes, get between the tackles, and that patience is important, you know, in a, in a good running back. So which of those two things do you pride yourself in more, the, the toughness or the patience? I would say toughness because... Okay. A place where, like, even last season, like, I had, it was a play where I got hit, mm-hmm. and that was the play, the play where I fractured my ribs. But nobody knew because I hopped up so fast, <laughs> and the next play I ended up scoring a touchdown. So, like, I feel like trust me. So you can play through. Like, you could play through anything, basically. <laughs> basically. Like, <laughs> well, that's why I say tough. Yeah, tough. That's I see. I like that choice, and that is, that's something you're going to need at the next level, especially NFL being a lot bigger and stronger. How do you think you're going to fare against you know more physical, tougher teams at that next level? I feel like I'll fare just fine. I've always been a pretty strong kid, but I'm very sure if I need to make some adjustments, like in the weight room or 
with my weight or anything that I'll be ready for the task. One of the things that was that's talked about too is maybe your ability to catch passes out of the backfield. Have you been working on, you know, because you have been more of a traditional carrier, you know, downhill back. Have you worked on a little bit on your pass catching? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, I've always been able to catch up the backfield, but I just haven't had that many opportunities to showcase it. Okay. So, uh, going to the CGS, I'm, I'm glad that I'm going to be able to show people that I can actually catch uh, good. And then speaking of CGS, obviously this season was such a strange year for sports and college football in particular, you know, not getting to play all of the games and and get the reps that you would need. How important is this event, you know, so that you can get that face time with these NFL teams and show them who you are as a person and a player? I feel like it's very important mm-hmm. because things that they might not see during the season, they have a closer look at seeing the person, like you said, uh, People want to know if I can catch out the backfield. <laughs> I now show people that I can uh, catch out the backfield or I run better than I do on film or whatever they need to okay. see. Like, a good opportunity for us players. I I think it's great, and we're excited to get all of you guys out there next week and in front of these coaches. I'm actually having one of your teammates on the podcast together, Antoine Davis. Are you guys close? Do you know him well? Yeah, I do. We uh, call ourselves the one-two combo. Oh, the one-two combo. Okay. <laughs> that. So what should I ask Antoine tomorrow that would be a good thing that he would respond to? Since you're his teammate, you probably know him the best. Maybe one of his favorite foods. Okay. What is his favorite thing to do on his free time? Uh, <laughs> okay. Is he going to have good answers? His, yeah, or his favorite uh, list. His his favorite what? Lift. Oh, is lift like in the weight room? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm going to definitely ask him that because I'm curious now. And then something I ask all the players that I talk to because music plays such a big role in sports, you know, and especially recently you've got football teams having stadium DJs and guys have very special playlists that they listen to on game day. I'm always curious what guys listen to to get ready for games. So was there any particular, you know, artist or playlist or song that you had this year that really pumped you up and got you ready for games? I say any down south music like Gucci okay. Man, Lil Baby, Gugiano. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like I said, this really all down south music. Okay. Give you a little taste of home. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Exactly. All right. Well, last question. Now that you're taking this next step and you're preparing for this big transition, is there a player or several players that you model your game after that is a current NFL guy, somebody that you, you've you watched and you like to, you know, make yourself look like that? Is there someone that you follow or that you think you are like um, in the NFL? I don't know if there's anybody that I like, like right now. Okay. I feel like my, my running style is kind of unique, but mm-hmm. um, I look at I look at Frank Gore a lot. Um, okay. I look at Tom Lynch. Yes. There's real power backs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. And are you, a, are, are, you, are you a Falcons fan just by birth? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Falcons fan by birth, but okay. I'm really a Ravens fan. Really? Yeah. So how did that happen, family members? Because <laughs> I, I like the University of Miami a lot. You know, they got a, a, a pretty good history of football players, so I grew up watching 
Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. Okay. You know, everybody from the U, so. The U, yes, the U. Lots of guys come out of there and go to the league, and they are they are definitely a, a gritty, tough group of guys. Very aggressive, so it's fun to watch. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Excited to see you out on the field next week in Fort Worth and to watch your career, you know, into the future. Thank you. Okay, Sideline Sass podcast listeners, back with another interview here. This time, I'm talking with a wide receiver from Ball State, Antoine Davis. He's coming on. We had one of his teammates on before. We might surprise him with some questions from his for- from his former teammate. We'll see how it goes. But welcome to the podcast, Antoine. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. You sound very chipper, which is funny because it's 9 a.m. where I am, so I'm like barely awake well, not barely but I'm not a morning person and and then I forget it's noon where you are so you've probably already like run five miles and worked out and eaten correctly and like had a great start to your day right <laughs> I, I wish I did that was uh Monday through Friday today I just woke up like uh 30 minutes ago okay so you took an off day okay taking a rest day that's see we need that we all need that in our lives especially right now and you're about to head into this craziness of the next step in your career. So it's good to take a little time for yourself. Yeah, definitely need that. <laughs> well, why don't you start and and tell our listeners kind of, you have a very unique story, especially in your personal life as you navigated high school and found your way at Ball State. So why don't you talk a little bit and share that with our listeners? Uh, so how it started, I was born and raised in Maryland mm-hmm. uh, until about seventh grade. It was me, my grandmother, my mother, and my little brother. So um, we moved to Indiana in seventh grade, and things were pretty good up until the point to about my after my freshman year in high school, my grandmother passed away unexpectedly, mm-hmm. and she was the one to like take care of us all because my mother had me at 16, so she was unable to finish high school and go to college because she had me at such a young age. Right. So that, that really took a toll on me because I was like, extremely close with her, and I was like a grandma boy and it definitely affected my mother as well because she was like always her backbone and somebody that was uh, someone that supported her and leaned on her so you know uh things did not go well for the following like couple weeks right um I noticed my mom this was really down and depressed and she she was struggling to keep me and my brother and the house afloat because her being a single mother with no uh not even a high school diploma it's really hard to actually get a job that can you know afford income for three people so I know me being in high school I always wanted to like be able to go to the movies and stuff with my friends so that was kind of hard so I just noticed my mom you know she just I felt like she was like really distant and uh kind of maybe started hanging around the wrong people and I started to notice that so yeah I tried to give her a pep talk and make sure she was good and I kind of just gave told her that you know I know we're at this point in our lives right now I know you really it's really hard to afford all of us uh can you please just take care of yourself and my little brother and I'll and I'll figure it out so um I tried to make sure she was as good as possible before I left and then that's when I started um just sleeping at different friends house for like the next following uh couple months yeah. and I finally got close with my one friend uh Kylie Rose and uh, his mother Kelly and his grandmother Anna uh I basically slept over one night and you know I kind of told them my situation and yeah. they opened their doors with uh open arms for me and allowed me to um 
stay like stay with them so i stayed with them for over a year things were great like they treated me like family i Mm -hmm. still talk to them to this day and visit them like they're just an extended part of my family so then um going into my senior year um there was a freshman player turning into a sophomore austin atkins and he's gonna be one of the uh, other varsity receivers with me so um, he was making a transition from running back, so I started to get close with him, just uh, teaching him like, uh, like the work ethic, the route running, and just yeah. different types of things. So he would be ready for the season, playing varsity for his uh, first time. Wow. So we got really close uh, when we started hanging out throughout the season. I would always go to end up go, like spending the night at his house after our Friday night games, mm-hmm. and uh, one I, his family kind of knew my situation, but. Um, uh, one night, like I, I just really opened up to them because they wanted to know, and I kind of just told them everything. And when I went home the following morning, I got a phone call for the, from them saying, "Hey, we would love to have you move in with us if you would like to." Um, so you know, I had a uh, lot to take into account just because uh, you know staying with Kylie uh, and his grandmother and mother, uh, but uh, the Atkins, the dad is Hunter Atkins. Yes. Tiffany, yeah. Then, yeah, uh, I read this story office, where so, uh, you did a story. There was a story in the NW Times where they talked about this. And so when I was researching you, I read about the Atkins family and how you were close with them. And were you, I mean, that's such an incredible journey for someone so young to go through. How did football fit into all this as you're trying to navigate, you know, living in people's houses and going to school and working towards a future, hopefully in college at football? How did How did you keep that all together at such a young age? Um, I would say just like I've always had an internal drive uh-huh. and this my heart. I just feel like when when somebody like wants something to accomplish something and they really put their time and effort into it and really are focused on it, that they'll achieve it. So I just always been like really locked in with football since I was uh, started playing at nine years old. And, you know, my grandmother got me into it. So that's like a piece of me or a piece of her that is mm-hmm. kept in my heart with, while playing. Okay. And I was just used to tell her that I wanted to play like Division One college football and play <laughs> in the NFL, and you know that's always just uh, been something to me that's been important because especially with how my mother and stuff, uh, yeah, like how everything has went, I definitely want to be able to take care of them eventually and be able to set my future family up and make sure they don't have to go through what I went through. Is it crazy to be on the precipice of? you know, playing in front of NFL scouts and coaches next week? Is that just like, so like looking back at where you were and then looking now, is that just like mind blowing? (laughs) Yeah, it it definitely is mind blowing (laughs) to think of where I came from, from a division two school, like, uh, and then walking on to D1, earning a scholarship, earning starting spots and uh, being able to contribute and make big plays for uh, Ball State and definitely coming off this year, winning the MAC championship for the first time in 24 years yeah. and winning our first bowl game uh, in school history. You know, it's just amazing because I remember times like when I was in like dark times, bad things were happening in my life. And, you know, I was just praying for this to happen. And it's crazy to see how much growth has I have like, like how much I growed since, yeah. or since then and then it's just unbelievable like you know I've made it this far you know I came from like literally nothing so you know as the journey is just going to keep going this is just my next step and next chapter but the story is going to continue and when you were in high school <clears throat> you didn't have any offers out right out and so you, there was one thing I read where you kind of sold yourself with film like that hustle how do you think that makes you a better kind of 
player and fit for these NFL because it's the same thing you're going to be doing now is you get you have to sell yourself to a team and the fact that you've already done that and gone through that process of getting yourself where you need to go do you think that sets you up in a better position heading into these NFL you know situations yeah I definitely do especially <laughs> with the the mindset I always had mm-hmm. and I just feel like that just shows people that my work ethic uh, has always prevailed and that I never took no for an answer, no matter like what anybody said or uh, like anything that mm-hmm. happened in my life. Like I always just uh, put my head down and kept moving forward and just kept proving people wrong that, yes, I can play Division One's football. Yes, I can be a starter. Yes, I can make a bunch of plays and become uh, one of the uh, best receivers on the team. Definitely I uh, think it propels me for the NFL, just for the coaches to know that they're going to get a guy that's going to work hard and uh, – give nothing less than 100% every day and do anything for the team, whether it's special teams, you know, uh, mm-hmm. blocking, moving me at running back, wherever. I just want to be on a <laughs> roster and be able to contribute and help teams win uh, games and championships. And uh, I'll never give anything less than 100% effort. That's It's definitely something that teams look for. And you have it in spades, that's for sure. Why don't you walk me through a little bit of this season, I mean, it was such a weird year for sports in general and college football. We made it through, but it was like, you guys are going to be part of history playing playing football in this pandemic. Um, but you guys specifically in the MAC got a lot of attention because there wasn't as much football going on. So those you know Thursday night games or whenever you guys played, were, national people were watching it because you know, that's what was on. And you got this kind of platform to be seen across the nation by people and people saw how fun Maction is. So what was the season like? And then, you know, winning the championship and all that. Yeah, the season was definitely crazy, especially when, uh, you know, uh, starting off in uh, last January, we were doing winter workouts. And then Mm -hmm. right before we started spring ball, we, we abruptly, everyone got sent home and no one knew what was going on. We were having Zoom calls with our strength coach uh, to put together workout plans. Uh, luckily, uh, I was blessed and had like a weight room in the basement so I could uh, do the weights and stuff still. Yeah. But some people really didn't have much, so the co- our coach would have to account for that and make up workout plans with uh, what we uh, what they had at their house. Uh, then we get back in like around like I think like July, and we're getting ready for the season. We do like our. Um, we were lifting in a, like a tent outside because of all the <laughs> protocol stuff. So oh that was, it was like a wedding recital tent, so that was insane. There was hot and muggy in there, even with the like the sides open. Oh, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so uh, we're getting prepared for the season and stuff, and uh, we come back. We come back for camp in August. We're ready to go, and then we just to- we get told our season's canceled, and then we're up in the air like we like we worked ho- so hard yeah. at this point what's going on i feel like we like the protocols we do are safe nobody yeah. really tested positive ever for our team and like i just felt like we were ready to go so you know uh our coaches just tried to like tell us to stay motivated and stay ready because you never know what's going to happen and then uh i think jared patterson of buffalo he started he started really the trend of like uh we want to play for yeah. the back. and then you know everyone else just started chipping in and i think that uh that blew up and allowed our uh, commissioner and everyone to realize that, you know, it's it, football is just more than a game. It just brings people together, yeah. you know, with, with everything going on with all this like separation in the world. Like yes. it doesn't matter what race you are, where you're, where you come from. It, like if you have parents or if you got raised by anybody, everyone is like a family in the locker room. And then in general with every single team, like we're just all family. It just brings unity. And it's something people need for an outlet to yes. be able to, 
like a naked out situation and stuff like that. So definitely it was great. And was it, then, I'm curious, was it, was it cool to see that players had a voice? I mean, there's so many conversations about whether you guys are not being, you know, treated fairly in college football and, you know, being taken advantage of. But this year, more than ever, we saw players across the country come together saying we want to play, whether it's for that or for the social justice issues that were going on. But we learned this year that you guys do have a voice. And was that was that awesome to see that that it mattered when you spoke and, and there was change that happened? Yeah, it definitely mattered just seeing that, uh, something as simple as a tweet and just <laughs> a trend and unity could bring people together. You know, social media yeah. has blown up and become a platform for people to use their voices and for people across the country, across the world to be able to connect and, you know, uh, start something. So I just felt like it was uh, a great relief to see that they noticed that we wanted to play and that they were able to make it happen safely. Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool thing to watch as a media member to see all the players stand up and, and fight for what they wanted. So it was definitely a season that we're going to remember forever. Um, as we move into this CGS, this showcase next week, what is it that you were hoping to show scouts and coaches um, with your performance in the drills? Is there something that they haven't seen on film that you're hoping to showcase? And is there something you've been working on um, in this offseason to get ready for this? You know, I just feel like I pride myself on uh, my route running and catching. So mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be awesome for, like, uh, scouts and coaches to be able to see me run routes and mm-hmm. catch passes in person to, to see how detailed I am in that. And I just feel like um, my coaches did a great job of moving me around from the, uh, from the outside in the slot this year. So definitely uh, I want to be able to showcase my versatility with uh, route running and moving around. And definitely I see a lot of uh, power five guys coming in there. So I definitely love the competition <laughs> and I want to show, show scouts that, you know, some people may downplay the Mac, but it's division one and we just won the championship. And there's a lot of great players that are playing in it. I just saw some like uh Toledo tweet and there's like at least like four players playing in the playoffs right now like the Mac is no joke and uh so I just uh want to be able to showcase my talent and show them that I can play against anybody and that I'm an NFL caliber receiver and I'm ready to go right now ready right you're pumping me up like this is I'm like all right let's go um so I talked with one of your teammates yesterday uh, and he told me, good, good old Caleb Huntley, I don't know, he said that you, y'all are pretty close. and Yeah, we're close. Yeah, and he, I said, you know, okay, what, what should I ask Antoine? You know, give me some questions, ask him. And he wasn't ready for that, so he kind of, he, he was like, well, maybe ask this or this. And then he finally came up with one. He's like, ask him what his favorite lift is. Now, I don't know the, <laughs> I don't know the significance of that question, but he kind of laughed. So is there some story there? What is your favorite lift, first of all? I like power cleans and squatting. Okay. Is there a reason he told me to ask you that? Uh, because, because in the season, uh, and like off season, me and him would always get paired up uh, on a rack. Okay. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a pretty strong receiver and I pride myself on him yes. on like my strength, but he is a whole another animal <laughs> because he is really strong. So yeah. instead of, I don't like switching weights when we're doing workouts. So on, on squats, I would, you know, whatever his weight was, I would just say, screw it, just keep it on there. And I would do it. And <laughs> I would definitely be sore the next day. That me is... and him shared a lot of, especially in a season when we were like, we'd still squat heavy like after games you uh-huh. know we'd be a pain but we'd uh, 
motivate and push each other through. But it was crazy to see the the weight we threw up on that bar. That's that competitive side coming out. I like it. Definitely. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well, last question, and then I'm going to let you go. It's something I ask all the guys that come on because – I'm a big music music person. Um, I love it to do different things in my life, and I know that the play, that you guys, when you're on game day, music plays a big role. Whether it's you know from a stadium DJ or coming from a playlist that you guys create, or it's on your own headphones. I'm curious. This season, was there any specific artist, song, or playlist that really got you pumped up? What is it that you listen to before games? I switched between. Uh uh, Lil Durk and Juice World. Those are my okay. favorite two artists. Well, Juice World. Okay, wait a minute. Juice World. It's kind of emotional, in the feels music. Is that that? That's what pumps you up. Yeah, he he has. I have a bunch of unreleased music he okay. has on my stage on my phone <laughs> okay. that are more pumped up songs. But I like, like, I just like his vibe. Uh, okay. Like, I just feel like that music like puts me in a calm state. You know, before yeah. I used to like listen to, I, I would want to listen to like crazy like hype music, like right. maybe like NBA Young Boy. But I just felt like when I listen to more calm music, it just puts me in a state where everything slows down and the game just comes slow. Like the game okay. is just slowed down to me, and I'm just like laser focused. I I like, like I like to be in a calm state. I like that. See, and I'm hearing more guys say that because typically you think of like headbanging, like, you know, really high energy, like rap music or rock music. But I'm hearing more guys say that they like to listen. Like I had a guy say he listens to like Motown or like things that'll just really put him like in a calm place so that he doesn't get too hyped up and he can like dial in. And that that's interesting because I don't I wouldn't think of that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Juice World is definitely my favorite artist. I just feel like he's like he was he's really incredible. talented. Yeah. There's so many songs that are unreleased. Like he made so many songs. But yeah, it definitely just puts me in a good state of mind to be calm and be focused. You wanna have controlled aggression because you don't wanna like especially on like bus rides, you don't wanna be listening to all that crazy music and you, <laughs> you lose you lose all your energy before the kickoff That's, like you don't even start. That is a very good point. I like that. There's another guy coming this week. His name's Tavante Beckett. He's a linebacker from Marshall. And he, his favorite artist is before games is Young Boy as well, and I used to make so much fun of him because that music is so mellow. I mean, the music on his new album is very mellow uh, compared yeah. to his other stuff, and so I used to joke like, "Oh, you're getting in your feels before games," but I see that it works. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Young Boy song? Uh, as of now, my favorite song by him is. Uh Whitley Burglar, that's probably, on the, the new album. On the new album? Sure. Yeah. I like Casey Talk. That's my favorite. Yeah, he definitely has some good songs. He, I, it's incredible because I'd never heard of, I, I live in California, so we have like our own, you know, genre out here. But when I was in New Orleans at the Tulane football game, they play him on the, you know, speakers before the game on the field because he's a local New Orleans rapper. And I had never, you know, heard it. And that's what I love about going to all these different stadiums is you get you know genre specific like regional music you know you'll hear different music at cal than you would hear you know where you guys are so i, I love that definitely <laughs> it's awesome well thank you so much for taking the time to talk antoine i your story is incredible your drive is incredible and we cannot wait to see what you're going to do at the showcase and in your future so thank you for coming on and we'll see you next week thank you i appreciate this opportunity the amazing Ball State guys, but now I'm going to close out the episode with Noah Curtis, defensive lineman from Florida International. Here is my interview with Noah. 
let's start in from the beginning and maybe talk to me a little bit about how you found your way into football and when you started playing and all that. My first love for football came when I was four years old. Mm. At the time, I was like too young to play um, Pop Warner football, but my older brother, he was like, he was 18 months older than me. And okay. I saw him play, I saw him play on the field when I was young. And I remember just crying, like <sighs> kicking and just like being a, a kid just because I wanted to play so bad. Aww. So the next year when I was, Next year when I was five, my dad, because I was big, I was a big five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. My dad, you know, like, he, he put on the papers, like, he put on the papers uh, for me to play my next year. So I really started playing at five years old was the first year I ever started playing. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Is that young for, is that young? Yeah, it is really young. Yeah. Did you find, even at that young age, that you were, you said you're bigger than most kids? Yeah, because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like, six, I'm 6'5 six right now. But yeah. as a kid, like, I was always, like, the tall one. And, like, <laughs> as, like, a five-year-old in, like, elementary school, even for, like, my grade and stuff, I was yeah. always the tall one. It was your brother big as well? No, okay. my brother's, like, six foot. And what did he play? When we were young, he played old line and D-line. Okay. And in high school, he was, like, a D-tackle and linebacker, but now he's in, he's in Korea. South Korea for the Army. Oh, wow. That's interesting. How did you end up at FIU? And, you know, what went into your decision to go there? And what was your experience like with the Panthers? I think it was, it was January. It was towards like, the end of the recruiting period and towards signing day. Mm -hmm. I remember um, I was supposed to go on an official visit to um, Pittsburgh. But when I was... when I got back from one of my official business. The coach called me and said they filled up at their position. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. And FIU was like my next visit. And then like, I was already like familiar. Like I already talked to the coaches. Like, they did home visits mm -hmm. and everything. So I, I really knew them very well. Actually, like the first ever time I, um, FIU called me, I was at a basketball game. And then like my mom. She like when I got home from the basketball game. She said, "Hey, um, there's a um, there's a coach I wanted to talk to." I said, "From where? FIU. Um, name's Bush Davis." I said, from the "University of Miami and Dallas Cowboys." Bush Davis. Mm -hmm. She said, "Yeah, Bush Davis. What about him?" I said, "Mom, he's a Super Bowl winning coach and a national and like won national championships with Miami in the '80s. Mm -hmm. Part of the bad boy." So. I remember just like dropping everything. I just called that number back, and Coach Davis just picked up. We talked for like a good like twenty, thirty minutes. And I talked to him, and I talked to um, the former position coach, mm -hmm. line coach at the time. And uh, they were just saying how like, we saw your film, and like you'd be a great fit for us. You're like number one on our boards and everything. Mm -hmm. And just like then, it was just like I fell in love with FIU, and then when I. Um, committed to FIU, I felt like it was the right choice because it was close to home because I was I was in West Palm Beach. That's like an hour and a half yeah. away from. Yeah. Yeah, so it was close to home and then Coach was like, you'll get an uh, opportunity. I'm going to give every opportunity for you to play in whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. So I just, I like took the opportunity and ran with it. So it was And you started, I, you started playing pretty much right away when you got there, right? Yeah, the first game I played <laughs> And the um the I start I, my first snap was in the third quarter of 
against UCF, we lost that game, but like, yeah. I did play like my freshman year. Yeah, it's a, I think you appeared in, you were in 11 games, which that's, you know, especially on a line that's usually guys have been playing together a long time. So I think it's pretty rare to come in as a freshman and play. But um, do you think that that helped you grow at that position to be able to start that early and get, you know, stuck in and learn? It did. Yeah. It did help me a lot. It helped me develop and help me mature on the field just like because in high school, you could get away with a lot of technique stuff just because you were just better than most of the guys out there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, with college, you got to know, like, the game plan. You got to know, like, your opponents, your O-linemen, you know, got to game prep, watch film all the time. You know, it was definitely, like, a challenge at first. But I give thanks to, like, my mentors that really helped me yeah. my freshman year. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, is there – okay, you mentioned UCF, and I'm always curious because Florida has so many good football programs in college. Is or is there one other Florida team that you're specifically ri- – I don't really know much about the rivalries. Is there a team that you guys are, like, consider more rivals that you like to play and get stuck in with, or is it just all of the Florida teams that you guys, you know, hate? Or <laughs> Well, playing the Florida teams, you want brag right. Okay. You no. Know. So it's like any forest in the play, we treat it like a rival, a rivalry game. Okay. So, so it's just the whole state. Mostly, <laughs> yeah, mostly it's the, the team up north. I don't, I, really, I don't like saying their names. <laughs> and, and the team down south or in Coral Gables. Okay. Wait, one of them's uh, FAU, right? Yeah, okay. the team up north. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have seen, I've been to one FAU game, so it was when Lane was there and they played UCF and it didn't go very well, but, um, <laughs> well, you played a few games this year. It's, it was such a weird year for college football and it's surprising that we're making it to the, you know, the, the national championship game on Monday. It's crazy that we made it all the way through, but you guys definitely, you know, had a harder time than other programs. What was it like? dealing with everything going on through this COVID year and trying to navigate through it? It was definitely hard just because, like, Corona has just uh, it affected so much with mm-hmm. college football, not just the college football, just with the nation, you know, with lockdowns and, like, people, like, small businesses going out of business. Yeah. It a lot, but with us, it was, like, the contact tracing played, like, a big part of this whole college football. Like, you know, yeah. you could be net, but you still got to sit out 14 days, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It was hard. And, like, as a senior, you know, like, prepper get ready for your last year, I mean, like, it was definitely hard to, like, focus because of Corona because you see these games being canceled left and right. But I always, I just went into the mindset, just like, you know, we're getting ready for this game. Like, I don't care about, like, what, if we're playing or not, I'm just going to be ready regardless. Right. You know, if the game did get canceled, I'm like, okay, I'm on to the next opponent and start, like, game prepping, film, and all that. Was there any, I'm curious, like, because you see a lot of quarterbacks and, you know, you mm-hmm. see the offense from your angle. Was there any quarterback that you faced in the last two years because you guys play good teams I mean Conference USA I always have this conversation with Eric Conference USA is slept on like it is a very talented conference full of guys that go to the league that stay in the league you know there's a lot of talent um, but it just doesn't get the respect so is there an offense that you face 
um, either in your conference or out that was that stuck out to you or a quarterback that was particularly good that you remember? Quarterback is um, the guy from Tennessee. What's his name? O'Hare. Oh, Asher O'Hara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. He is unbelievable. <laughs> he like unbelievable. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's running. He don't, you don't think he's that fast. <laughs> you see him on film, he runs and he's shifting. He's like really like <laughs> shifting. He's yeah. like make moves. He can run and throw. I mean, he was, he was probably one of the best quarterbacks that I faced in college. But if offense, that's offense, like, I probably have to say probably Charlotte. Okay. They had a good Charlotte. offensive line. Yes, like mm-hmm. in the years I played, they always had a good offensive line mm-hmm. and running backs, and you know they were really good. And we had like high, high shootout games. Yeah, like in the years that we played them, I probably say them. And I also have to say Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. yeah, yeah. In the four years that I played them, it's been like high scoring games, mm-hmm. and it was those were definitely shootouts. You know, Brendan Knox, the running back, he was amazing. He's incredible. He slept on too, yeah. you know. Like people didn't yeah. give him the credit. Yeah, he he's really good, and then they have their old line is really good too. Mm-hmm. And they have you know receivers, and they have a quarterback you know that can throw. So Marshall was probably the best offense. Okay. Uh, in my my four years. I like that. I Marshall's one of my favorite teams to go out and cover because they they have that history, the plane crash, and it's. It's a really special place um, if you ever get to go to the... Did you play at in Marshall or at home? Both. I've okay. went to Marshall twice. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like the stadium there. It's good. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a nice, peaceful city. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. Okay, so we're looking ahead now. This, you know, the season's over. Monday night. Who do you have in the... Who do you think is going to win the Natty? I got to ask. I think Alabama's going to win. Yeah. By more than a touchdown, right? I'm, I think they're going to win by two. I'm going with like at least 17 points. Okay. All right. See, I feel that. I feel that. They they look unstoppable. They're incredible. Oh no, they do look unstoppable. <laughs> okay. Well, so we're looking ahead. This is the end of the season, and you know, your the season for you guys was was tough. You only got X amount of games, and the last three were canceled. So you really haven't been on a field, and now you get this opportunity. Which, you know, thank goodness for things like the Senior Bowl and the Gridiron Show, the College Gridiron Showcase, which is next week, and you'll be attending because it, it gives you this opportunity to show what you've got in front of NFL scouts and coaches. How important is this showcase to you, and what have you been doing to prepare for it? This showcase is very important. I mean, I got the College Gridiron, and I also got the Tropical Bowl okay. before that. So I got two important All Star games to prep for. Mm hmm. This is like a job. This is like a job interview right here. <laughs> yeah. And you're showcasing your skills and competing against the best in the nation. So it's definitely a big opportunity for me to showcase my abilities to these scouts and coaches. Not only on the field, but off the field too. Just mm-hmm. talk about just how I am off the field, you know, with academics and just mm-hmm. how I can better my. Stuff. You're a criminal justice major, right? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think you're going to bring to the field? What are you going to show them? What do you bring to the position that's unique and, and you think makes you stand out? Definitely my effort. Okay. I feel like like my effort is like next to none in college in, in general. 
like I'm, I'm like always constantly running to the football, regardless if it's like forty yards down the field or not. I mean, like, mm-hmm. cause you just never know. I always know that effort will like never betray you. <laughs> so I always feel I always have to like show effort and run to the ball. And it's just like it's just something that I always tell myself like I always need to like run to the ball. So, so I can be seen. I like people will notice that, like, I'm always there. Like, he's right there near the play, about to make the play. I feel like that. And just my leadership, I, I, I like to show him leadership in different ways. I like to be, like, a lead by example. Example, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I let my actions do my talk. I don't really talk, but I let my actions do my talking. Like, okay. just, like, when I do drills, how, like, I try to be, a, like, a perfectionist and how, like, I do one on ones and plays with the play calls, but when but I, I can be vocal when I when I need to, I can get my the guys motivated. I can just be like, just hype them up for the game and make sure we play a great game coming up. Okay, those are those are definitely solid qualities that people should pay attention to. Um, is there a player in the NFL that you model your play after, or you think you are most like? Yeah, I definitely feel like from this era, I'll probably say Miles Garrett. Okay. We just have, like, the same, like, resemblance, like, the high and weight. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel, definitely feel like we have, like, the same resemblance. We're big, tall, and lanky guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, we're both, like, very explosive off the ball, and we both, like, use our hands very well. Okay. And we're I both like, older, like that nonstop motor. <laughs> Scary. You do not want to see that coming at you. <laughs> yes. Um, and then lastly, Eric Henry and I talked about music and he said that you're, you know, very knowledgeable in music, very eclectic. What was your go-to song or playlist or artist uh, for this season um, before games? <laughs> so my fiance actually made me a game day playlist okay. with all the music that I like. Different genres, different artists, but it got me going. <laughs> EDM was a big part this year. Okay. Uh, alternative rock. Alternative rock, okay. Yeah, I mean... No country, though. Rock. I got a little country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really do listen to everything. Okay, what about, like, um, classic rock? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Rolling Stones, Beatles. Wow. You really are. That's okay. Yeah. Eric did not lie. He was he was right. You do. That is a wide range. And, uh, yeah, another thing is the cranberries. I love the cranberries. You love- <laughs> no way. No, for real. I, I really do. That's awesome. That See, this is what I love is because... You know, people think that the athletes listen to certain kinds of music because there's like stereotypes for pump up music. But honestly, it's whatever gets you going and gets you ready to step out on that field. And it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I like exactly. That. Like music is just like it gets me ready. I just love like listening to different music because it gets me feeling like some type of way. <laughs> I love that. Well, good luck. And I look forward to seeing you. Okay, thank you.